Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 48 of The Sigma Show. I'm your host, Sigma. Uh, just before I let you know who's joining me this week, real quick, we'll go over what our topics are going to be for the day. Uh, first up, uh, we talked a little bit about the WB uh, mashup platform fighter multiverses, which is coming because it was a little more than a rumor at the time. Well, they've officially announced it and they've got stuff to show. And it's a little more interesting than I will admit I initially gave it credit for. So we'll dive deep into that. Um, afterwards, uh, Rockstar just recently released their GTA trilogy um, and kind of had some issues that have been floating around the internet. Uh, we'll get into uh, the apology that they've recently made as a result of that and what they plan to do because of it. Um, and finally, a much heavier topic. Uh, we've been following the Activision Blizzard story since it broke uh, months ago now. Uh, but the Wall Street Journal just released a very, very damning uh, story in regards to um, even more accounts of abuses and things directly tied to the CEO, Bobby Kotick, who not too long ago, we kind of praised for his response to some of what was going on. So this is a very interesting turn of events. Here today to talk me talk with me about all these things uh, is Rachel Kayser. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Kayser, and I'm a writer over at GamesBeat, and you've probably seen me before, and the minute you heard that an Activision Blizzard thing went down this week, you probably <laughs> expected to see me again. Right on cue. Uh, and uh, Rexicon Jesse is joining us. Hey, I'm Jesse. I'm just a schmuck who hangs around sometimes. <laughs> uh, we but love you, Jesse. Schmuck, Jesse. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what makes a difference. Familiarity. <laughs> right. That's all you need. Uh, Lampy, I see you in the chat. What's up? Uh, Superman Jeff, I see you in the chat. Says Nekomomushi. Great. Thanks. Awesome. We needed that this morning. Um, <laughs> what is Nekomomushi? <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't make sense to get into it. That's, that's okay. all I'll say. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, but it sort of does. But also, it doesn't mean anything. But uh, we'll first start things off with um, the Multiverses uh, announcement trailer. So WB has officially stated, officially announced that it was coming out. Uh, early on, the rumor was kind of like, oh, they're thinking about doing this thing. And so uh, I wasn't entirely sure that it would actually see the light of day. But here we are with an official announcement, actual gameplay, uh, the studio behind them. Uh, someone please remember, remind me of the, the studio's name because I it has just dropped out of my brain. Uh... <laughs> cool. I can look it up. Hold on. Yeah, do me I, that favor. I, I literally just watched the trailer for it where they said, "Right." The, uh, and I, I've completely but, forgotten. But, that, but I, that's kind of part of games? player first games, right? That's kind of part of this because I've not heard of them before, and I, I'm not sure what their their catalog is. But um, whoever their lead is, uh, basically, was the star of this video and was a very kind man, kind of just talking about their plans. Um, what they want to do. And I have to say that I was pretty impressed with the look, with the, the plans, the fact that it's free to play, which was something that I hadn't considered as a possibility, like basically monetizing it based on cosmetics for characters, you know, which is a tried and true thing. So what is you guys, what are you guys take on kind of this flip? Because we were, at least I was very cynical in first hearing about this news. And I think a lot of people maybe were. But sentiment seems to have shifted since they've shown it off. But I'm just curious if if you guys are kind of buying this. I mean, it's cute. Um, okay. That 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 seems to be what they're going for. It's not like it, it's not going for like I don't think it's going for an esports crowd. But it. I think one of the main reasons we were cynical. I mean, I don't know about you, Casey, but uh, one of the reasons I would have been cynical was because it's it seems so very much like it's trying to take a little bit of the Smash Bros. thunder, and now mm -hmm. it seems a little bit like it's not it's not trying quite as hard as we were afraid it was going to try. If that okay. makes sense, it's not it's not trying too hard. Yeah, like it, it's it doesn't seem like a a cheap ripoff. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like it's. It seems like they are trying to do some of their own things, but not not to the point where they kind of bastardize the entire idea, at least, is what the vibe I get. How about you, Jesse? Right. What was your take? Uh, I mean, the, the I guess, two separate things, just the initial. First of all, I was totally shocked that it, it came out with gameplay because we just right. heard the rumor. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a design document. <laughs> like... Okay, sure. We'll get gameplay eventually. I didn't know that it was freaking right now. Okay. Um, so I was really surprised by that. Uh, I also enjoy, I feel like most of the times I see stuff about it 
they mentioned the voice cast, mm-hmm. which it seems like a little jab at yeah, Nick it, too. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. That, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, I'll accept really that. Seems, yeah. <laughs> no, it really seems like, um, and this is this is why, even though I will say, like, I was very impressed with what they had to show, I still can't let go of like the skepticism because the mm-hmm. a lot of the points that they hit were kind of direct um, grievances that the most recent Smash clone, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, had with its games. They're like, oh, if they made these mistakes, let's make sure to appeal to the masses and make sure we talk heavily about the fact that the voice cast is included. Uh, They also want to hit the beats of the rollback netcode, which was a big thing that people loved about uh, Nicktoons Brawl. Um, And honestly, like, the, the fact that it's free to play is also kind of like a bullet point, right? Like that's a thing that a company goes to because other free to play games are making tons of money. Like let's nickel and dime them on all the aesthetics, but then just get it out to the widest audience possible. Even though we're kind of in this, uh, I guess you can call it a renaissance maybe of free to play just being like very high quality. Like we just had Halo Infinite drop, which is free to play and is kind of really fun, uh, really well polished, like a full AAA experience, completely free. Um, and they're like, hey, we'll do that too. And it do- it looks like they spent more money on it than the Nick game. Like, it really does. Like, Nickelodeon seems like they they were doing uh, the devs a favor handing out their license. But this does seem like WB wants it to succeed. So they gave them the money to kind of try their best. So yeah. uh, Lampy says, is asking, does it look better than the Nickelodeon one? Personally, I think it does. Like, the way the animations play out. Because this was something we could see from the beginning. Like when the Nickelodeon trailers were playing, you could see that it looked a little janky. And like I was hoping that that would maybe be cleaned up by the time it launched. Like this is the first gameplay we're seeing from this um, WB game. And th- it doesn't look that bad. Like there's a unified art style, which I was worried about. Because when you mix Arya Stark from Game of Thrones with like Superman, that could be a little weird, right? But they, they've they done, um, what do you call it? Like the the Disney Infinity style thing where like these things are from different universes but they're we're gonna give them a house style and so now they all ma- mesh together in a in kind of a, an okay way like Arya stark doesn't look crazy is what i'll say i didn't know who she was you did <laughs> you yeah didn't know it wasn't until i heard her voice i was like oh oh that's Arya. oh okay <laughs> oh well you got faster than i did i had to wait till i read it and was like oh <laughs> that's the character i didn't recognize <laughs> It's like, what obscure WB property am I missing here? <laughs> but I do have to say uh, the inclusion of Shaggy, I'm sure, appeased a lot of people. But every time mm. I, when I saw that, I was like, it was one of those occasions where, like, when I first heard about the Shaggy thing, I was like, oh, man, I am way too old for memes, officially. <laughs> like, this is the point. I've crossed the threshold. I'm too old for memes now. And then I see that. I'm like, well, crap. Corporate got hold of it. That means the meme yeah. is dead. Yeah, like, it feels... But the thing is, all the sentiment I've seen about that has been positive. Like, people like that they're playing into that meme as opposed to kind of treating the character like the character. Like, that's not Shaggy. Like, there's never right. been an instance of Shaggy where he's talked about using 1% of his power, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 a, it's an internet joke. And, like, they're taking that and making that the basis for that character in their game. And that, that does read as pandering. But is it bad to pander? Like, if this is what your your fan base is asking for and wants and is liking, like, are they going down the wrong path by kind of just giving the masses what they want? I'm not going to say no to pander. I'm not going to say pandering is bad. It's just one of those things, like, does it have any staying power? Are people really mm-hmm. going to – are people going to uh, – buy a ton of shaggy skins and get really into this character because they liked a meme that was on that was popular on the internet for a couple of years i mean maybe so, that, that harambe i mean they they, they <laughs> like they, folks they, voted they harambe similar. people wrote in harambe in like the last election i think so <laughs> oh yeah yeah like the internet love, does I'm, not like to let jokes die I plead the fifth, but, um, but hey, I, I've, I've been wrong before about some of these things having long legs. Like I said, I'm officially too old to like put myself in consideration for to, to be a judge of these things. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it might also be uh, pandering to a specific audience. Anybody of a certain age is going to know Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, where a mm-hmm. lot of younger people are only going to know Shaggy from the meme. 
I don't know. I think Shaggy's still like Scooby Doo is still like a thing that's peddled to the the youth of today. Like they just had that new uh, animated movie, Scoob, right? Where I guess they're trying to like make it newer and cooler for the younger audience. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't sure have. It. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, and they're definitely trying that. But I feel like still his main hold as a cultural icon is with an older audience, as uh, yeah. Shaggy, yeah, from Scooby Doo, as opposed to Shaggy from the meme. <laughs> but, but I mean, they. What a, yeah. No, Sorry, no, I was ahead. just, I was just agreeing. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Fozzie Bear in the YouTube chat says, "When uh, Big Chungus Final Smash for Bugs? Uh, when's Big Chungus Final Smash for Bugs Bunny? Because Bugs Bunny is in this game. Chungus and Space Jam. So <laughs> they did. It happened. <laughs> so they it could should. absolutely happen. It seems like this is the route they're going. Like whatever was popular, whatever, whatever people know and will recognize. That's what." this game will try to seize on and that's one way to try and keep it in the cultural zeitgeist or at least to get it seen and popular like people keep talking about it or whatever but on the other half um they did seem to um try and give some attention to the actual gameplay they're going for what seems to be uh, a core that's based around 2v2 gameplay like it's team-based which is different from, I guess, the chorus match, which is supposed to be a free for all in its in its obsession. But because it's free for all, everyone is kind of their own self contained character, and they work really well in a one v one. But in this instance, they're saying we want people to play on teams, and they want that teamwork to shine through. Like characters like Steven, for example, uh, from Steven Universe, has an ability to shield friends, and like uh, people on the same team as Bugs can travel through holes that he digs in the ground so like they can get around uh, at the same rate or something, which I think is interesting. Like that's kind of a new mechanic that is unique to this. Um, do you think that is that enough to separate it? And does, does, does the fact that they're going for something that's a little different kind of lend some credibility to them actually caring about the gameplay side of this rather than just the monetization of these characters? Um, I think that was apparent that they seem to care for the gameplay. I think it's that's one of the things that is kind of charming about the trailer is that they are trying mm. to do something a little bit different. And I think it's too soon to say whether it's the mechanics are going to support that intention. But from what we've seen so far, I think it's enough to uh to to have some attention beyond the to, to get some attention beyond the initial novelty value. Of hey, let's like, let's like make Batman fight Bugs Bunny or something like that's the initial novelty value. But then you know if if people get into it and it's a mechanically interesting team fighter, then I think that would I think that would be enough to set to set it apart. But I think it's a little too soon to say just from the gameplay footage. You see. Fair enough. Yeah, I absolutely agree with what you just said. Uh, I know for me personally, um, mm-hmm. the differences are good. I don't know. I I already own Smash. And mm-hmm. I'm not sick of Smash. So I'm not looking for a game that's just like Smash. I've got that. It's fine. Bless you. Bless you. I, <laughs> so I want something that is going to be different for me to actually dig into it as a game. I don't know if the, if the teamwork stuff will be enough on its own, but I think it is a good step in that way. And if it has more things like that, then I might, you know, me and people like me might be interested in that because that is a really cool feature that, yeah, like you were saying, Casey, Smash really is built around the solo character and they don't necessarily work off each other in a team like that. Yeah, I mean, like, you can, of course, find things like anyone can, like people play games for like a million hours and so they they find out how to do anything. (laughs) But like with, with the core of this being based around the teamwork, that does create kind of a more interesting dynamic and and a new kind because there are 2v2 tournaments in smash but this being built around it i feel like is a more interesting concept especially if that is the focus like you're basically going to be doing this with a friend for for all intents and purposes right um and that's good since it's free to play and all your friends uh are going to be able to you know try it out with you um so i mean is there anything left you guys want to add to the multiverses thing like i i was again very surprised that this is this far along i'm curious when it'll actually launch because there is a a trial beta or something that they they did sign ups for um and i Ooh. i can't remember when that's supposed to be coming but usually a release isn't too far away after you know those trial beta things 
So probably early next year, maybe, if not the end of this year. Uh, good luck to player first games, because this is their first <laughs> game, and they they seem to be doing they they seem to have presented a pretty well polished product so far. So good yeah. for them. Is is it their first game? I tried to go to their website, yep. and my and Firefox told me it was a security risk. Don't go there. Uh, Chrome <laughs> was fine with it. But I may be, I may be compromised. But Chrome was fine okay. with it, and it said that it literally says this is our first game. Oh wow! Okay, wow. So if your okay. camera gets hacked and something else shows up on screen, we know what happened. Yeah, you know what happened. Okay. Blame player first games. <laughs> All right, we will. But on that <laughs> note, <laughs> let's uh, move on to our next topic. Uh, Rockstar Games, one of the most influential uh, game devs in the biz. Uh, with one of the most successful games in the biz, uh, recently announced and released a trilogy of their old games, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas. Um, it was called a uh, remaster, but um, it kind of came out and folks uh, weren't all that impressed <laughs> with what they had to show. And also, it's very broken, like tons of bugs, lots of uh, like f- hilarious glitches I've been seeing uh, <laughs> all over the internet. Um and in response to kind of the, the botched release of this game, Rockstar has, you know, said that they're sorry. Apparently it was a port of the mobile versions and not like the, the original source code from consoles. So like this, like these games were re-released on mobile. These, this was a port of those versions. And they now, now that they're back on console, they're not working very well. So they're going to, they're going to be reinstituting the original versions of the game, which they pulled off of the markets because the, the non-mobile versions were on sale until this release. They removed them. They'll be bringing those back. And also, uh, folks who bought the trilogy will be able to access some free games. Uh, yep. Does this strike you guys as enough of a reconciliation? Or like, what's your take on the fact that this was released in the state in the first place? From Rockstar, of all companies. It wasn't developed by Rockstar. Okay. Yeah, because it was developed by a, a developer called Grove Street Games which I, th- I can't remember what the original name of the studio was, but they've worked on mobile ports before. So they're not a very big studio. And I think the CEO was say, tweeted something like, I'm just loving all the new scrutiny on our studio with this release. And it, w- it sort of came across as a little bit, a, a little bit catty under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you released a bad port. It happens. And uh, Rockstar said in the apology, like, we've heard that some of the members of the development team are being harassed online. I'm like, well, if anybody's doing that, stop it. We don't want that. You know, it's, uh, you know, these things, these things happen. No reason for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it wasn't developed by Rockstar, which I don't, I don't want to say whether or not that's the reason it's not great. But that might be might be a factor was that it was not Rockstar who did who created this board. I mean, it's not, it's not a thing that can easily be ignored, right? Because it would be surprising if it was from Rockstar proper that mm-hmm. they would release something. Not, not to say that, you know, their bigger games are completely without glitches and bugs. Like, they, they've had them for years. But overall, right. they've been very polished, uh, meaningful experiences. Like, not only is this a game that has already released several years ago, <laughs> but they've existed... Um, for people to play already, they're repackaging them in like this new version and have and are now newly broken. Like that's what's so odd about it. Like people yeah. were playing these games already and they were running fine. They got rid of those versions, said you can't buy that anymore. Play this new broken one. So like that's what that's what kind of like yeah. sticks in the craw as much. I think. Which is why I'm glad they're putting the old versions, the classic versions, back on the stores because that's a little underhanded. I think it was it was <laughs> even before the trilogy was released. I think there was always a little bit of uh, skepticism about, well, why are you taking the old ones down? What if we want to play the original version? Even if even if this looked amazing, even if this looked like a perf- one of those perfect like mod modded versions of San Andreas with all the like beautiful updated graphics and whatnot, even if it had mm-hmm. looked like that, there still will be people who want to play the original and with the original graphics even just for nostalgia purposes or record keeping purposes. So it was a little sketchy that they took that down. And now that we know the definitive edition was not really a great success, it's good to see that they're back. Yeah, they should fully agree they should not have taken those down. There's game preservation is really important and yep. doesn't happen 
much and it should uh and there's a i know there's a talk on gdc from someone basically saying like why we need game preservation and like the importance of emulation and things and comparing it to like okay so if should the you know example of getting rid of the older versions of gta like okay well should we just get rid of the original version of star wars because george lucas did a redo of that in the 90s and added some new cgi so just get rid of the old one no one should have access to that anymore and that's how games are treated. When you have a, a remaster or re-release, it is completely absurd but acceptable to just remove the old one. But it has value as it is. Yeah, because yeah, it was that... released already. People have played it and experienced it. Like, they'll remember yeah. that version. To try and pretend it didn't exist at all is a little right. silly. And Rockstar did not have to bring their the old versions of them back to PC. That's 100% on them to say, well, we want people to buy something, so here's this. But when the definitive edition gets fixed, probably, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't get fixed all the way, they might still remove them again and be like, look, you got to buy this version. And we know it's not the best, but we want your money, and these look better, so, <laughs> you know, yeah. them's the breaks. I mean, I'm hoping they learn their lesson about that because, I mean, they, they won't. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, 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 I want to hope for the best from a company that has de- has a decent amount of – has built a decent amount of goodwill. I mean, they're not absolutely – Rockstar themselves are absolutely not perfect. But I think in this case, it was not necessarily them that had a whole lot of influence over this. And I think they've been focusing so much on GTA Online, Red Dead Online – Hopefully the development of uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, which, you know, we don't know how far along that is. But the fact that they, you know, put outsourced this to another studio, you know, it just sounds like there might have been a lot of miscommunication about what was expected here. I think it, I, I don't I don't want to put the blame or the onus on any one studio or especially an indie studio that is not very large. But uh, yeah, so I'm just glad that the original games are going to be coming back because for all uh, you know, everything we're seeing just suggests that this is that uh, they they are just be- they were better as they were. If they they mm-hmm. if they're not going to do a full remake, what's the point? Yeah, it didn't benefit from being packaged together and the visual slightly changed, and it just didn't help. Uh, Pudwig saying yeah. all will be forgotten by the time GTA Six rolls around. Uh, there, that, oh, yeah. that's a possibility. Yeah, like, no one will care about this by then. Uh, and yeah. Lampy brings up the point that um. Uh, in order to do what Jesse is suggesting, you'd have to overhaul copyright because it's literally within their right to copy it. And they also have the right to change it and not release the original anymore. Although the wider world would like to preserve this stuff, there's no actual right that lies solely with the copyright holder. I think that is um, an interesting point. And this sort of goes to the more philosophical question of does the creator have the right to change their art or once their art is released to the world? Like, do the people who are consuming the art have the right to kind of keep it and interpret it the way they want? Because as a creator myself, there are definite things that I've probably done, like released videos or, or written things where I'm like, you know what? I wish I could probably have edited that out or changed the wording here, get rid of the old one and then put out this new one, which is, to me, the better, best version of that thing. Like, that's the thing I wanted to actually be out there. And this first one was kind of a mistake. So... What you guys are saying is valid that if a company does that, they sell you a thing and it's like, this is the thing. But you're like, ah, what if I want to change this one thing? Get rid of that. Give them this new thing. That's what I wanted in the first place. That's what they should have gotten in the first place. Is there a difference in regards to that? The fact that they're removing the old version and giving you a new one. If they truly believe that they're making an improvement on it, whether or not it actually is. I personally, because, you know, I also make stuff and release it. And I, mm-hmm. I completely feel you on that where it's like, ooh, but this, I really wish this different. Um, and I, I think scope is part of it. I think if I, because I was talking about this with a friend who also writes and was like, you know, what's your views on basically that, like changing? It's like, look, if I fix a typo and change it and upload it, whatever, and all new versions only have this new version with that typo missing, the experience has not really changed. Like, that is a minor tweak to something. Mm -hmm. Versus if I completely changed it and did a whole lot of work and then got rid of the old version. 
So I think that scope is part of it. I also think the scope of the project. If I change an edit in a, you know, six minute video essay, not that big a deal. If I change a chapter in a novel, you know, 100,000 word novel, the scope is different. Like that's a much Mm -hmm. bigger thing. So I don't have a direct answer of like, once it's this many words or this length or that like that it changes everything and this is how it is. But I do feel like that comes into account because you do have something that big where someone had the experience a different way and liked it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think there is value in the old way as well. But as to push back a little bit, because Lampy, I guess, asked the oh, same yeah. thing. He's saying it's not that they changed the one you bought. It's that they decide to only sell their new version going forward. What I'm getting at is as the creator, regardless of the fact that it is big in scope, you consider that not to be representative of what you were trying to create. Like, yes, it got in there, but for whatever reason, you're like, I was in a, a poor headspace or uh, there were some edits that happened um, to the people I gave it to, whatever. That's not how I wanted that to come out or everyone is misinterpreting it. Like they're reading it wrong. I wrote it poorly. So you're like, get rid of this. This was never my intention. This is what I wanted. Now you guys have what I was trying to give you. As a creator, do you feel like that's something that's within their right to try and control, I guess, the narrative of their art after the fact? Oh, go ahead. I see. I see you going. Oh, uh, no, I just I, I'm think I just had a thought that that sort of relates to like the history of uh, storytelling. It's like, you know. Back in the original oral traditions, uh, when we started transitioning over to the written work, they they had to like come up with a a version of it that that we saved for posterity. And before that, you know, it was you know everyone was free to sort of transform the stories at their own will. So um, you know, the the idea of a story or a piece of art being like a set thing is it's not something that it, it doesn't have to always be a set. That you know, there there can be transformative. I don't necessarily think. I mean, I always think the creator has the right to their own work. They can decide what happens to it. So, yeah, it is, of course, absolutely their right to sell only this new version of it going forward. But I think from an ethical standpoint or from a consumer standpoint, they also have to accept that they might uh, they, they that, you know, people might not want to partake of the new version of it. People might see the new version of it and say, you know what, this is not what I wanted and just not not give money or not not give them their money or not consume it so i think that is a risk you take when you uh go back and transform a piece of art that is no because like if i replaced the like if i were like director of the louvre and i replaced the mona lisa with uh, a mona lisa paint by number for example <laughs> just to give you a comparable level of quality uh mm-hmm. between because i've played the gta remaster it is no comment. But anyway, if I did that, it's like, yes, uh, as the person who owns this piece of artwork, I know the just, just go with me on this one. I, I That is within my right to do, but you'd get a lot fewer people coming to the Louvre. I'll tell you that much. I'm true. That's It would trend on Twitter for a day, though. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, you might get more people coming. I don't thinking about it. But like, wait, <laughs> what, they replace it with what now? <laughs> yeah, got to see this. <laughs> But I mean, that, I was just, I, it was kind of a thought experiment that this mm-hmm. topic kind of brought up. I was interested to see and hear you guys' responses because uh, Lampy's saying uh, the problem is that there's a want to preserve things like games, but there's a right to control distribution and rights supersede wants, unfortunately. Which is true. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. the business side, like that's, that's the thing. Like uh, lots of media today, games probably more than anything else, is this clash of art and business. <laughs> and <laughs> those things don't necessarily go well together, but here we are anyway. Yeah. I, I think to your point or to answer the question you're, you're asking earlier about like the, the scope of it being a game. And it's like, well, what if, you know, you wanted to do it differently, but this is what you released as a game. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like that doesn't quite work with games because you did release it you did a multi-year process to make this thing and you did put it out and if you wanted to make a better idea or a better version of some of the ideas that's cool but it's still not the thing you made and i think there is value in most of the time the thing you made (laughs) even if it wasn't exactly what you wanted and you think you could do it better now right that's true 
Because, I mean, yeah, those are instances where, like, a dev continues to work on their thing and, like, never release it because mm-hmm. they never think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I've, I've had I've, I've had friends who are indie devs who just never got their thing out of the door after years and years of tinkering with it. Works of art are never finished. They're just abandoned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Before perfection, there is release. Is yeah. the... <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. I don't think anyone's. I don't think anyone's just uh, doubt anyone's arguing that uh, wants should supersede rights. But um, but it is it is a when when a want is something that is common with the community. Um, I think it is worth uh, worth the rights holders' time to consider and possibly address. So I do. I, I I think it is. I, I think it's worth keeping those games, and that's what I want. But I mean, Lampy, you are right that you know. They could conceivably, once they fix the GTH, the trilogy, if they ever do, um, they could very well pull the originals again. And there's nothing I can do about that, unfortunately. And they yeah, can I mean, pull them be... and not even fix the trilogy. That, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be bad press. And they're, I guess they're not immune to that, but it's, it's probably something that I'd assume they wouldn't want to get into. Man, like they, they could probably get away with just doing what they want right now. <laughs> But on that note, uh, we'll move on to our final topic, which is a bit of a doozy. Um, If you guys don't know, (laughs) uh, Activision Blizzard is still in the midst of fighting off uh, lawsuits from the state of California. Uh, They have grievances lobbied against them for violations of, uh, like, well, sexual assault charges for, like, lots of their staff, uh, pay disparity, um, uh, (sighs) discrimination, discrimination. Thank you. Um, and not too long ago, uh, Bobby Kotick basically announced uh, in a, a big, big publicly facing letter that he was going to institute uh, a ton of changes with the hopes of bringing Activision Blizzard up to the the moral standards that the employees have been asking for. Uh, first of which, he stopped uh, arbitration. Uh, essentially, folks won't be forced to do that. Any new employees, I guess, won't be forced to do that. Or no, I'm sorry, no employee will be forced to do any arbitration. Um, they're going to be working towards uh, bringing up the number of um, people of color and minority uh, representation within the company and management positions and such. Uh, he himself is taking a massive pay cut. Uh, the the very minimum you can pay a CEO for a company, apparently, in the state of California, like so, like sixty something thousand dollars a year is what he'll be taking in until all of the metrics that he's laid out have been met. And yet, Wall Street Journal releases a report that says Bobby Kotick knew for years about all of the sexual assault problems and uh, grievances that employees have had. He also worked to uh, kind of keep certain individuals um, within the company rather than having them fired after charges were levied against them with the police, like for rape allegations. Um he hid this information from his uh, board of directors, which is something he's obligated to let them know. And um, furthermore, I think he himself has even been called out for being abusive to like female staff. Like he he was recorded uh, telling an assistant that he would effing kill her, for example, is one of the things that I think came out. Um, so in light of this new information, the board has released a statement that says, we don't give a shit. We're going to stand by behind Bobby Kotick. <laughs> uh, at the same time, uh, employees staged a second walkout stating we have no faith in Bobby Kotick and they want him to resign. Um, and it seems like uh, shareholders have also kind of joined in, at least some have joined in and said that they also would like to see Bobby Kotick replaced. So this is at odds with the board that's underneath them. And Bobby Kotick himself who has not said anything along the lines of looking to resign. So there is a new uh, tug of war now over the fate of Bobby Kotick in the light of this new Wall Street Journal report. And also there are lots of other smaller stories that have come out in this that we'll get into. Uh, first off, I just want to hear you guys' immediate response to this this kind of flip in the narrative just as things were just starting to look like they might be going up. I, I just knew. find that really crazy. <laughs> I knew I would regret saying a positive thing about Bobby Kotick. I knew it. I knew it. Never speak well of a CEO. Oh, I have egg on my right. face. It's like, like it, it, it felt weird to say, like, look, I got to give him credit for what he's doing. Like, it felt weird because he's usually kind of in line with other pieces of shit. Like, it's just the truth of the matter. Like, 
but it's it's unsurprising that he is actually part of the problem. He was he was doing a pretty good job of hiding it. It seems like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about. Uh, I mean, do you mean doing a good job of hiding like being a piece of shit or hiding the stuff from the the board? Well, him hiding the <laughs> stuff from the board, the board was probably okay with that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because it, it would have been more problems they would have preferred and i've been watching succession on hbo so you know i'm, I'm an expert on this sort of thing <laughs> but the oh, yeah, board yeah. would have preferred to not know any of the details so that he their ceo could quietly push it all into the table pay whoever needs to be paid off and they can have plausible deniability right mm-hmm. like so they're probably perfectly fine and they probably respect him for the path he's gone but now that everything's blown up like there's really no hiding right like he's gonna have mm-hmm. to to answer for this or at least someone will Mm-hmm. But like, I can't imagine who who would be a big enough head to roll if not Bobby Kotick himself. I mean, the whole – the fact that we continue the tradition of Activision Blizzard's initial knee-jerk responses being absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, their response was to say – um, we're disappointed in the Wall Street Journal's report, which presents an inaccurate and misleading view of Activision Blizzard and our CEO. Instances of sexual misconduct that were brought to his attention were acted upon. Notice they don't say that he just that he punished anybody for that. Um, they just yeah. they just said, oh, well, this is this is a misleading them. report. You know, well, we we were aware of instances of yes, we know he was aware of them. He just didn't do anything about them. <laughs> uh, there, there's so many there's so many this is an onion there's so many layers to this to peel apart here but i knew that was when i knew when that story hit i knew i was gonna be back <laughs> <laughs> like clear sunday morning <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I, I need to talk to casey about things yeah because it, it, it's not just the fact that he knew because like Dean Scrub was saying in the chat, anyone who believed the man when he said he didn't know anything was going on as a fool. Like, yeah, it's it's not that it's not just that he knew. Like, we knew he knew. It's what he did about it and how much how much he was a part of it. And this this uh, article basically states that fundamentally, like, he had to have known and condoned a lot of what was going on. For example, we talked about how uh, their new president, uh, co-president, Jen O'Neill had been hired alongside Mikey Barra. And like, we questioned this. We was like, it, it is weird that they put two people in charge of the company, one being a woman, presumably to kind of get that to come across as, hey, this is the person who you can trust will ha- will take these sorts of things to heart, right? Like we, we want to save face and not put another white man in charge, for example. Uh, they have a woman of color in the lead role. But if they were going to do that, why also have another man be in the, the same role as her? Like, it was a question I was brought up, right? Turns out, once they put these two people in the same role, they did not bother to pay them the same. Jen O'Neill was making less money than Mikey Barra. And when she complained about the pay disparity, they refused to compensate her until she resigned. When she was walking out their door, they said, okay, fine, we'll pay you the same as the guy you have the same job title as. Hmm. Which is insane. Like, this is the woman who they thought to hire to help fix the problems one of those problems being pay disparity and they chose not to pay her the same as her compatriot bobby kodak is the ceo how could he not have known that that was what was going on and that that would be a problem that the new president to take over for the problem studio under your wing is not being paid the same as the man who has the same title as her i mean yeah because mike abara actually uh they, IGN got a hold of the company's Slack messages, I believe, where he mm. tried to explain to fellow Microsoft employees what exactly was going to happen, uh, because he said that they weren't pay, being paid the same when they were in their different roles. When he was at, uh, when um, when he was an internal uh, Activision, I'd forget exactly what his role was before he was head of Blizzard. But when Jen mm. O'Neill was head of Vicarious Visions, they weren't getting paid the same for those roles, and then they basically got the same pay. Uh, when they took over their new positions, that was his explanation: was that eventually they were going to pay the same to both people, and that he was getting paid for more than her and his older. But uh, Jen O'Neill came back and said, "I am not going to get in a debate with you in a public Slack channel. I was not offered the same pay as you until I resigned." And it was just one of those like, "Yeah, th- go Jen O'Neill, speak up for yourself," because that was that uh, that just made me feel like this is 
such a, that, that was that's such a low blow to to her especially because especially when they they sort of propped her up as their sort exactly. of like look we we really mm-hmm. do value women at this company look we have a a, a queer woman of color in, in a leading role at this company look at us aren't we great and then next thing you know it's like oh yeah we we forgot to up her paycheck so it matched her male counterpart until she left yeah but forget about that forget about that it was an honest it was an honest mistake really (sighs) you know numbers they're easy to mix up (laughs) yeah exactly especially when you have so many of them look at all our activision (laughs) wizard numbers it's it is legitimately insane like it it goes to show just how like how little they actually care about the problem because they're just paying lip yeah. service to it. Like it, it was a good thing to put Jen O'Neill in that role, but they qualified it immediately. They gave her a counterpart, and then they forgot to pay her. <laughs> yeah, because that's how little they actually cared about the yeah. thing. They, they was like, who do we have in this company? That's a woman. That's a person of color. That has other characteristics that can maybe get us out of this hole. Mm-hmm. They went and found Jen O'Neill in the company directory and said, boost her up. That's that's what seemed to happen. And they didn't care about anything else other than the messaging. Which, I mean, if that had just been the only reason they promoted Jen O'Neill, it still would have been I, – I think it would have been awesome to have her as the head of Blizzard. But, you know, and I'm, I'm sure it didn't help the bookkeeping to have another person as her co-lead. Yeah, they, it just – they did not trust her. Yeah, they they to, didn't have to do that. Right, exactly. Lack they of didn't trust, trust yeah. her. So and that, and, and that speaks to how that company feels about women, people of color, uh, queer folk, all all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can I point out something as well about the from the Wall Street Journal report? I mean, mm-hmm. among all the other disgusting parts, they mentioned that uh, so the the co head of Treyarch, <laughs> Dan Bunting, was accused by multiple people of sexual harassment, and even the corrupt and incompetent HR department at Activision said he should be removed. They said he needed to go, but then Bobby came in at the last minute, intervened, and kept him and said the company gave him counseling. Now, allegedly, when the Wall Street Journal started inquiring, Bunting left the company. Mm. But the fact that even the people who are who are no accused who have been accused in this whole scandal of mishandling every instance of harassment and botching the whole like the whole job of protecting their female employees and making sure everyone was treated fairly and protecting the company from potential lawsuits even this company that even even the hr department that is that has been decried this whole time for not doing any of that said he had to go like that just uh, like I, I don't even it doesn't even have specifics on what exactly he did but i think that that is enough that in and of, in and of itself is enough to paint a picture mm-hmm. <sighs> are there there's another um, kind of a like shocking revelation that isn't as shocking when you really stop to think about it. That came out of the Wall Street Journal report. Uh, the fact that the like you mentioned, um, Rachel, like the initial knee jerk reaction from Activision Blizzard is always, "Hey, we're not doing nothing wrong. Get off our backs, mm-hmm. right?" Mm-hmm. Bobby Kotick uh, potentially penned their first response to the initial lawsuit. Yeah, and the then had it released. Yeah. Yes, and then had it released. Under the name of a female employee. So she took the heat. <laughs> he had a woman take the heat <laughs> for the words that he sent out and then had the, the nerve after she left the company or after they pushed her out of the company for the words he wrote. Pen a different thing that then kind of pandered to the sentiments that were coming back from his initial response. Wait, has Fran Townsend left Activision? I think she they at least moved her out of that role, right? Or is she still within the company? I I don't know, but uh, well, she stepped down from the women's network from leading the women's network. But as far as I know, she is still at the company. Okay. So, but yeah, the but I, I do see what you're saying. Like they, his initial response, he drafted the email, and then I mean, I don't have any sympathy for Fran Townsend personally, but the fact that that his initial <laughs> response, and so. Regarding a question Lampy asked in the chat, is Bobby just incompetent? He's not incompetent. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's just that as more and more of it is coming out, it seems – I think it would actually be a grave 
misapprehension to characterize him as incompetent because he knows exactly what he's doing and he is doing everything he possibly can to get away with it mm-hmm. including i think if he i think hiding behind a veil of incompetence would actually be one of would actually be a viable tactic in this case for him to say oh i just i didn't know what i was doing i was just so I, I'm I'm so distracted with all this money I'm earning that I couldn't see I couldn't see what the problems were with this company. <sighs> but yeah, I, I like yeah. how your I, your impression of uh, Bobby Kotick is like a grand duchess. <laughs> I, know that. I mean, I I don't I, I actually didn't know what Bobby Kotick's voice sounded like until relatively recently, and I was like, I, I, when I was on I was actually in the Activision earnings call before all this went down, and I heard him speak, mm. and I was like. I don't know why, but that wasn't what I thought Bobby Kotick sounded like. <laughs> well, headcanon, he is a Grand Duchess now. Yes, so. this is what he sounds I'm... like when, when the doors close at, after the earnings meeting. He just turns and said, well, I think that went swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know what? He's a lot more likable, your version of <laughs> Bobby Kotick. You're like, oh, that's silly scamp. This is literally the only voice I can do, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's the voice I do when I want to characterize someone as evil, so, you know. Uh, uh, Lampy's asking, is Bobby a witch, Rachel? <laughs> yes. I mean, with, I, the, with the amount of stuff he's gotten away with, yeah, I would say so. I think uh, I think you are 100% correct in that, and I, I think other CEOs and other people have gotten away with exactly what he did because there was not as much external pressure on them mm-hmm. as there is in this particular case. And that it keeps digging and that people keep bringing it up when new things come to light, that that is part of what's making it showing that he knew all along. And mm-hmm. that case, exactly what you're saying before was like, he probably penned this, like he knew it and he had the response of, but we didn't know, but he knew. And like that. So I, it's a good example of of you can get s- sometimes some sort of of uh, justice or even awareness of something by continuing to pr- put pressure on it and not just being like, well, people are going to be shitty and being apathetic about it. Yeah. I mean, with regards to the external pressure, though, I mean, I want to like, present a balanced view of the situation. Just to be clear, the shareholders who wrote the letter that basically called for Bobby to step down, as well as a couple of the other board members. And by the way, I applaud them for pointing out that for all Bobby's concealment, it was on the board to get more information. And like you said, Casey, they didn't know because they didn't want to know. But the shareholders rightly called out the board for uh, CYAing it instead of uh, making proper inquiries and making sure these things weren't happening. But all of the people all of the companies who signed that letter they own as much shares in activision blizzard as bobby kodak does all by himself so with regards to like shareholder pressure we're gonna have to be a little bit let's i I don't want to put too much hope on that i mean it would take a lot more people involved to push bobby kodak out because he owns a lot of activision blizzard stock and He's been, and and to be fair, he has been with the company a long time, and the company has flourished under his reign. I don't know if it's because it's under his reign. Correlation, not causation. But, I mean, the the board has a lot of reasons to not immediately go for his uh, termination, to not throw him uh, out as a sacrifice. But Mm -hmm. I, I, I I think you're more likely to see response from... Phil, because Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan both saying, both kind of tacitly threatening, I think, to pull Activision's games from their stores. I mean, they didn't outright mm-hmm. say it, but I think that was the substance of what they were trying to get across when they said, well, you know, we, we spoke to Activision Blizzard. We told them this isn't acceptable and we may have to take action. I'm like, well, that that is the first time I've heard of anything in this since this whole palaver started that might actually be enough pressure to make something happen in this case. That's the first time I've ever thought, ooh, that might actually bring some results. Right, because this this is a big enough stink to get everybody else who is even the slightest bit connected to it in trouble. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if like Bobby Kotick is a known figure in the games industry, especially within that hierarchy of like big business, right? Like you make a deal with Activision, the largest video game publisher in the world, 
you're probably going to talk or have a couple of emails back and forth with Bobby freaking Kodak, right? So if you got to work with this guy and he's tied to all of this nastiness, it's just like freaking James Franco and Seth Rogen. You got to you got to cut your bro. <laughs> you got to cut your bro loose. <laughs> like otherwise you're going to go down with his ship. Mm-hmm. Right. And like and when those relate when those business relationships start to degrade, like you're saying, Rachel, like they're going to have to do something like Activision Blizzard is very powerful in this industry. They're very influential in this industry, but they they don't run it like they can't do anything without the mm-hmm. platform holders. I can't imagine Nintendo. Not that they, you know, Activision has a ton of support for Nintendo consoles nowadays anyway, but I can't imagine uh, a company like Nintendo would want to have anything to do with them. Like they they can afford to stand alone apart from Activision. And if they, they probably won't because Nintendo doesn't like to get into drama. But if they were to say like, hey, we are not going to have any Activision or Blizzard products. I mean, Overwatch, I think, is on the Switch now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, but As if, is if they Diablo, go like, Diablo 3, Master? I think. Right. Or Diablo 2. One of the two. One of them, yeah. So if they go like, hey, these new games that are coming from this studio that's super problematic are on our platform, no. If they just block it, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And other people will take notice of that. Other people may follow suit. So uh, this, this is a big deal. Yeah. There's potentially wide-ranging consequences. I don't know. I feel like you could write... I, I feel like there there's a whole book to be written about how the industry has sort of changed from what it was just a few years ago because I mean uh, the 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 big game scandal of about ten years ago now that I shall not name where uh, which was largely fomented by female content creators daring to suggest that mm. there might be endemic sexism in the games industry, which is reflected in their art and character design and a bunch of people just losing their minds over that. And now here we are 10 years later and it turns out that Activision Blizzard, as you said, one of the biggest game publishers in the world, its CEO, uh, sexually harassed at least, at least two people that we know of and threatened both, threatened both of them. And by the way, Nobody denied that he actually left those threatening voicemails and text messages. He was mm-hmm. just being hyperbolic. But, you know, just just the fact that we've had this huge, uh, prog- almost a sort of uh, just a gradual unmasking in the games industry. Like, my fr- like I, I want to send a fruit basket to Feminist Frequency so much right now. It's like just just I mean, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to start stuff right now, but I'm just think I'm just saying like. Having um, being old enough to remember that, and then being here for this when all this is going down, it's just there's this is such a this has been a saga. This has been so many years in the making. Yeah, it it really it's it's in, on the one hand it's sickening, but on the other hand, it's it's the the darkness having a light shined on it, and that's important. Mm-hmm. Like we need to know what the hell's been going on, right? Mm-hmm. But on that note, I am curious if all of this uh, renewed interest, because I do think people were starting to kind of forget about <laughs> the Activision Blizzard lawsuit stuff. Like this basically blew it wide open all over again. If this renewed interest does actually force Bobby Kotick to leave, is there a path back for Activision Blizzard? Like, If he leaves? Like, yeah, like if Bobby Kotick is no longer CEO, they put somebody else in charge. Like, do you think like all, all the mandates he set forth, does that stuff go out the window too? Like the that he the stuff he was championing uh, only a week or two ago about getting all the uh, metrics to to match up, equal pay, uh, the collective bargaining, all that stuff. Um, does that still stand? Like, do they still try and push forward with that, or does a new person have to come in and, and rewrite the whole book? Like, mm-hmm. like, does Bobby Kotick getting kicked off, which he should be kicked off, does that do enough to start them back on the right path? Because I feel like they took a step forward and took like 10 back just now. Like, or is this like the beginning of the end for Activision Blizzard, period? Like, they, they won't come back from this no matter what. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Jesse, I'm curious to hear what you think. Uh, I don't think it would be the beginning of the end. Like, whether they okay. keep or lose Bobby Kotick, they are an unfortunately massive uh, part of the gaming industry. Uh, and I think that whatever they do is going to keep going. Um, 
I think what I have no idea. I don't even watch Succession, so I have less knowledge of this <laughs> than you. Um, but my guess would be if it would hold just as much weight with or without him. If, you know, he says this is if he stays and he says this is what we wanted to do and then they don't meet those goals if it even gets attention when it doesn't happen by 2030 or whenever the goal is supposed to be mm-hmm. just make excuses like, well, we tried this, but we, you know, excelled in all these other ways and it's just going to get pushed aside. Uh, or if someone else comes, it could be the exact same thing where they say, well, we want to remain in the, the spirit of what he wanted to do with wage increases and fairness. We want to do that, but we're, we're going to do it our way and, you know, they'll set their own goals and then maybe they will hit them. Maybe they won't. And they'll set a 10 year goal that again, people will forget about when it comes up. Right. So I, in that regard, I don't think it's going to matter if, if the company wants to make a change, if enough people in the company want to make the change, the change will happen. And if not, it's not going to happen. It does not matter in that one regard. That's my thought, but you know, what the heck do I know? Gotcha. Mm. No, it's, it's fair. The, the the cynical take. Like I like it. <laughs> um, you did remind me. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I I think if there was ever a time to be cynical, it would be now. But yeah, you actually reminded me of something, Jesse. Uh, so I will say that there have been some signs lately that all is not exactly well within the house of Activision, even before all this, because uh, last year. A Bobby confirmed in an interview that Activision had 2,000 job openings. So there are literally thousands of jobs. And to my understanding, those jobs haven't been filled. There are still so many. There's a huge talent deficit at Activision Blizzard. And that was last year when that came to light. And the company's games are starting to consistently get pushed back. Uh, Blizzard has not released a game in quite some time. Uh, the Call of, I mean, Call of Duty is still doing okay, but I'm not hearing great things about Vanguard's numbers. And by the way, I think it's worth pointing out that uh, one of the people that Sledgehammer Games was one of the companies that was mentioned in the uh, Wall Street Journal report because uh, somebody who used to work there was raped by her supervisor multiple times. So yeah, the company that just put out the most recent Call of Duty game is also in is is getting a lot of neg- negative attention right now too. I think there's a possibility that things are not necessarily well within Activision Blizzard. So mm-hmm. they might um I I think one of the reasons that there's a possibility they might keep the reforms uh, or potentially, I don't want to get too ambitious now, go even further towards making sure the reforms happen is because they are, yes, they're huge in the game industry and they have, you know, they have a bunch of, you know, IP and games that are, that that everyone loves and will play, but nobody, if nobody wants to work there, I mean, this, even before all this scandal happened, they were having a problem getting people to work at the company and fill the, the talent gaps that they had. And now the thing, now that so much bad news is coming out of the company, and you know, I feel that that is potentially also a sore point within the company. Is if they can't, is if they don't have enough people to make the games that keep the company afloat, that could be a problem for them. So I don't necessarily want to say that would be a reason for making the changes and keeping to them, but it means that that you know, if they want to make a concerted effort to hire more. Uh, a, a more diverse staff, that would be a major impetus to do so because they literally need to hire any staff at this point. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Um, the, the fact that, yeah, like, yeah, those reports have been coming out like clockwork is the fact that all these games are being delayed and like the player bases are dropping. Like uh, there were like numerous reports about how Final Fantasy 14 is like whooping World of Warcraft's ass, right? Like it's kind of... Yeah. Like the the mass exodus, they've been calling it, of people leaving World of Warcraft for Final Fantasy fourteen. That was before a lot of this, and it only increased after a lot of this news came out. So yeah, like if people don't want to work there, if other companies don't want to work with them, uh, imagine uh, if this was this year and From Software, um, who released Sekiro, which was published by Activision, if they have the choice, and of course they have the choice, it's From Software, they have the choice to go with. Activision and anybody else, 
they're not going to go with Activision. Mm-hmm. Who would do that to themselves, right? right? So from this point forward, I can't imagine there's going to be another From Software game that's paired with Activision. And anybody else at that level who gets the opportunity to be published by Activision is probably going to think twice about it or say, no, not for me. And that's all of that is going to hit their bottom line. And over time, especially if uh, they're... Their leader, Bobby Kotick, who has been so good at masking all of the evils of that company, is kicked out of the door. Maybe the new person who comes in is headstrong and they do want to make change. It's going to it's gonna require a lot of time, effort, restructuring. I, I think Activision Blizzard is on its last legs, personally. I don't think at this point it matters what they do to change things. At best, they can reinvent themselves as a much smaller entity than they are because they're going to be hemorrhaging money from this point forward, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be able to maintain their level of success at all in light of all this stuff. Like, they're, they're going to be downgraded significantly. They're, they've already been overtaken by Roblox in terms of, like, the most valuable <laughs> gaming company. Like, so they're, they're on the way down, is my opinion. Chalk that up to sentences I never thought I'd hear in my life. <laughs> but at this point, I'm like, yeah, go Roblox. Don't try not to be too exploitative of children. Go Roblox. Yeah, like if, like if child labor is, <laughs> child labor is basically being cheered on above your company, then you're doing something <laughs> wrong. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean that's mm-hmm. yeah. We'll see. Yeah, is there is there any anything else you guys want to bring up in regards to this before we wrap things up? Uh, no, I think uh, yeah. Think there we were a lot of like it. smaller stories. I, I didn't put them all in our uh, run of show. Yeah, I'm just. But I think we yeah, did I'm hit a through. bunch of them. Yeah, we we hit a lot of them. I think um, at this point, it's also like a lot of it is on the employees as well because not only did they walk out, they're signing a bunch of petitions calling for Bobby Kotick to be. Uh, to, to be to, to step down so i i don't know i mean like i said we're still in a position where bobby Kodak owns a huge amount of shares in activision blizzard um if he steps down it'll be well it, it'll be a death by bug bites i think it'll be mm. you know like just like a combination of all this like um what what, what attention that they could shrug off in other instances, like, you know, if, if it was just, well, the employees walked out, I mean, you could shrug that off. If it was just uh, Phil Spencer disapproves of us, well, you know, he'll get over it. You know, but I think like the combination of all these things, there's a there's potential to uh, collapse the souffle. But um, I, I will believe it when I see it. I'm also wondering uh, how far... <laughs> How much of a fantasy is it that Bobby Kotick has to go to jail for any of this? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a crime to like keep information from a board in a company, right? Like they they're not they don't necessarily like that because it hurts money. Like it's like an SEC violation or something like that. Um, yeah, it could. I mean, and the 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 lawsuits, at least one of the lawsuits against Activision Blizzard, is still going on. So I, I mean, I I'm sh- I'm sure the Department of Fair Employment and Housing already knows. A lot of this stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about, I mean, somebody like Bobby Kotick, I will just say that even in the best case scenario where he resigns, he's going to have some kind of a parachute. I don't think the man yeah. will ever spend a day in jail. Best Probably. case scenario, he's out of the company. And or rather, he, it, he's it out of the spotlight and it. just becomes like a, a, a shadow man. Because mm-hmm. like you said, he still owns quite a bit of shares. Like He has a lot of say and power. He's been there for so yeah. long. The man could resign tomorrow and basically live well for the rest of his life, as far as I as far as I know. So that's probably not enough for old Bobby Kotick. Probably (laughs) not. I I suspect he'll go down fighting. Probably. If he even goes down, we will we will have to wait and see. Yeah. But uh, I think I think that wraps things up on today's Activision Blizzard news. (laughs) (laughs) But um, uh, let's go ahead and uh, you know. Sign off. Rachel, where can people find you? What is it that uh, you're you, up to that you'd like them to see? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, and my username is at Rachel Kayser, so it is above my name up there. And I've also started streaming on Twitch again, and my username is twitch.tv slash graceofathena. 
And I, but I, I, I link everything on Twitter. So if anything, whenever, when any, whenever anything goes down, you can find it on my Twitter. And by the way, I can't believe, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, considering we always do the show on a Sunday, but I also have a weekly column on Sunday called Stay Golden Sunday that I write on my personal blog and where I uh, recap and analyze an episode of the Golden Girls. So that's oh, coming nice. out later this afternoon, and we're a little bit we're a little bit ahead of the curve. Cheers, because uh, this week it is a Christmas episode, so we're we're a little bit ahead of the season. But uh, yeah, that'll be out uh, later this afternoon. So keep an eye out for that. Oh my nice. gosh, gotta read this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, Jesse? Uh, where can people find you? What are you up to this week? Oh man, uh, so Twitter, uh, and that's the same as my twitch as well which is rexcon jesse all my stuff's posted there uh i'm waiting for the final stuff back so i'm on schedule for getting the grinderbins mobile market of ridiculous magic items out in december as as scheduled so working on that nice. hopefully it'll be continue uh i stream over my channel is just streaming super metroid getting some footage for the next uh behind schedule um and then i do i have a discord now called the tyranno chorus that you can join and check out. That's where I do. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> all the stuff when we do like Jackbox nights, the codes go in there because, you know, can't put them on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like RPG help desk and other things are all there. So if you're listening, you're welcome to join. Um, and then stuff I do on the escapist and cool things. And I don't know, stuff gets posted on the discord and the Twitter. So check that out. That's it. Nice. Uh, as always, you can find me at SigmaGears9 on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, later today on the Open Party Twitch channel, we'll be doing Super Smash Sunday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So join us for that. I should be on with, I think, Jeff and Blue today. Not sure. But if anything, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll run it by myself because I'm, I'm nuts like that. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, uh, I just had a review go up on The Escapist for uh, X01, which apparently is like a pretty cool indie game. Uh, very short, but a uh, nice, fun experience. You can check that out. Um, I we had our first breakout live show uh, last week. Apparently, it was really good. Like a lot of people showed up and watched and hung out with us as we did that. So that's fun. Uh, we'll be back this coming Wednesday uh, in the morning, 10, 10 Eastern, I think. So join us for that that week. And uh, Dead Space, if you missed it this Friday, Marty and I will be back uh, this coming Friday to finish up the the to basically finish up the end of Dead Space One. So that should be a great time. Um, but. Once again, I want to thank everybody in the chat for watching and listening with us. Uh, thank you, Rachel, for joining me. Thank you, Jesse. It's always great to have you guys here on the show. That's going to do it for episode 48. See you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.